0: Welcome to Startup Spot with Sonia. I'm a writer, instructor, entrepreneur, and I play roller derby as author of Pain with Albuquerque Roller Derby. Each week, I'll bring you an interview from a New Mexico startup or startup resource to inspire and help you find your startup spark and to share with the world what's happening right here in Albuquerque. Time to get to it. Welcome to Startup Spot with Sonia. I'm your host. We're recording from Fat Pipe ABQ today. It's a co working space, so any background noise you hear are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and startups collaborating, which is the perfect location to interview Trish Lopez of Teeniers. Hi, Trish. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. So, why don't you tell me what inspired your idea for Teeniers?
1: I attended my first ever startup weekend women's edition it was the first one New Mexico had done it was in Albuquerque last year in March I most of you guys who know me know this I had never heard of a startup before that except that my partner who has recently gotten into web development he was on a team the previous year that won startup weekend so so he knew that I had never shown any interest in being an entrepreneur or you know just kind of or at least in the stereotypical sense of the word entrepreneur. I I was never interested in owning my own business before, but he also knew that I was very supportive of women in leadership roles. So he said, this event is coming up. I really think you should go check it out. I know it's not you. I know it's not something that you would normally be drawn to, but I really think you should check it out. And at first I was like, oh, well, you know, thanks, but maybe not. And so then he wrote me the week before and said, they don't have enough women signed up or as many as they want. And so I immediately was like, oh, I'm going then, because I, I did want to support women in leadership roles. So I wanted to, you know, help out whoever I could on a team that weekend, as far as I understood what it was. I was just going to attend Friday night, see what it was, and then decide whether to stay for the weekend. So when I arrived, I was surprised to see there, there certainly was no shortage of women. Apparently, everyone got that note, because there was like 60 of us at least there, and about 23, 24 women pitching ideas. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that in listening to the pitches, people could pitch any idea, like something they had come up with at night, versus what I expected, which is something they had a whole business plan for and all kinds of backup to assume this would be a good project. Mm -hmm. So everyone was pitching, and nearly every idea, nearly every idea, not all, were apps and i found that really fascinating because that's certainly where the world is headed and where investors are looking mm-hmm. but i remember thinking god i'm this isn't me like don't get me wrong i love my iphone but i couldn't care <laughs> less what the latest device is i care about people yeah and i really care about bringing people together of different worlds that's kind of a passion of mine i kept thinking how much I would love to see younger people helping older people. And this is something I've thought a number of times throughout my adulthood, but I never thought about pitching it as a business idea. So as they were finishing up pitches, they asked, are there any stragglers in the audience with an idea that they're not seeing? So I raised my hand. (laughs) I walked up and I said, "I I have never thought about pitching this, but... I would like to see more younger people working with older people, specifically more teens helping out senior citizens. For the purposes of Startup Weekend and researching the idea and serving teens and seniors and seeing if this would be something that could work, I will hone that into tech-savvy teens helping seniors because my own mom has tech problems all the time that my brothers and I are helping her with. So I would love to send a teen over there and have them help her instead um, when I can't be there. So I pitched this. It was certainly the most unsexy idea of the night. (laughs) And I was kind of like, in addition to the fact that everybody was mostly pitching apps, I also noticed that there was only two coders in the room. So we're talking like 60 people in the room, but only two coders. So even if I did have an app idea, if I didn't know who's gonna be my developer, I mean, maybe I would have pitched it anyway, but I was mostly interested in what can I actually make work this weekend because I wasn't thinking of pursuing this. I just wanted to be involved in the activity. So ended up forming this phenomenal team. And out of all the ideas, you know, eight were voted on to actually pursue over the weekend and compete at the end. We competed. Um, I presented the idea and all the work that all of us had done and we won first place. So it was pretty amazing. But I remember even as we won, I was like, the wonderful Gary O comes up and says, so God, you know, are, you know, people were coming up and saying, are you going to do this? And I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, somebody really should. Because not only did I have a job, I was a consultant in the film industry. I loved my job. I loved my hours. I love the people I work with. But I also have a two and a half year old daughter. So I was not a person that was looking to add anything to my plate. I had also just moved back to Albuquerque after being gone for years. So... Because Lisa had said, well, through this win, you get six months free office space at FatPuck. And because ABQID had said, well, we'd love to see you apply for our accelerator. And I was like, what's an accelerator? So then they tell me about it. And I say, really? Hmm. Well, why audit that? Because we had won the opportunity to audit. If we can apply, and then if we're selected, we can get the 20K investment. So then I thought, okay, well, I will apply to this. And if it has any legs at all, it will get investment. And then I'll think about whether to... pursue it. So that is how teen years originally got started.
0: Wow. Okay. And so I've interviewed a couple people from startup and a lot of them have said the team they started with is not the team they have now. Has that happened to you?
1: Yes. Yes. I I can't think of any team that I've actually talked to where that
0: hasn't happened
1: to them. (laughs) But yeah, that certainly happened with me. And partly that's, that's, you expect that because Mm -hmm. I certainly over startup weekend wouldn't have expected anybody to want to stay I wouldn't have planned to stay if I was working on somebody else's idea unless I was extremely moved by it and felt like I could really offer my expertise on whatever it was. But we had a coder, a designer, a financial whiz, a teenager, a senior citizen. And so we had this wonderful dynamic group, but everybody was kind of there for the same reason as me. Maybe a couple of people were looking at getting into an actual startup. But it was kind of an activity for most of us. Mm-hmm. And then when it became to, well, yeah, why don't we really try and do this? Then four of the six of us said, yeah, we'll really try and do this. By the time we did the accelerator, two yeah. of the six of us were like, yeah, that's really, let's really do this. Yeah. By the end of the accelerator, about a month afterwards, there was one left. There was me. There was <laughs> it was like, let's really do this. <laughs> I mean, startups are so much more work than people realize. And, and everybody always talks about how much work they are. Yeah. But unless you've done one, I mean... It is just unbelievable. I've been in leadership positions in a number of roles. Um, I've worked in executive offices, and there is nothing like running your own company and having to do it all by yourself. It's a tremendous amount of work, and it's a tremendous amount of stress, even if you're succeeding.
0: So tell me about how Teen Years works exactly.
1: So Teen Years are tech-savvy teens who help seniors or any age person with their devices through one-on-one personalized coaching whether that's a cell phone, a tablet, a computer, our goal is to empower seniors to connect with their loved ones, engage with their communities and the world through technology. Mm -hmm. And best of all, we come to you. So we meet our clients at cafes, library near their home, local senior center, or they can come to our office. We work in two ways. Those private coaching sessions, which are usually an hour, hour and a half, and group events where a senior center calls us and says, hey, can you bring kids? We've got like 20 people who want to learn their smartphones. And then we set up like a two-hour event where I bring six or seven teens to help them.
0: So let's say when my grandfather was still living and he was driving my dad nuts with, I don't know how to do this with my computer anymore. So an individual could call and set up a one-on-one. Yes.
1: An individual can call and set up a one-on-one. Okay. So com. if you want to learn more, that's our website, www.teenyears.com. And yes, absolutely.
0: And I've kind of heard you talk about some of the feedback you've gotten from the events. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Gosh, Sonia, it's been amazing. What made it easy for me to keep going with seniors was certainly not the fact that 95% of the time it's just me behind my computer. It is the 5% of the time that I actually get to see the interactions and the life-changing moments between seniors and teens. We had a wonderful senior, Terry Thorpe, who we helped at a Northeast Heights Senior Center. After 45 minutes with a brand new senior named Katie, who was doing her very first coaching session, and it was Terry's first time visiting with us. I went up to do my usual customer feedback review that I do with all of our clients, you know, asking what could we have done better, how could we help you in the future. Terry just burst into tears. She's a 71-year-old woman, I'll never forget her. She said, for people like me, who have no young people in our life, who have um, no family to speak of, I cannot tell you the difference that you have made in my life today. Someone's going to help us and not yell at us. You welcomed me from the moment I walked in. No one made me feel stupid. No one condescended to me. I hope you realize the impact of what you're doing here for people like me. And I was just bawling, and her year was just bawling. <laughs> and um, you're making me cry. Yeah. And, and as you're bawling, and as I'm yeah. watching you and I'm about to start crying, <laughs> it was so powerful. We may not get tears like that every time. Yeah. But we have gotten unbelievable responses from people who have been helped by the teens. Yeah. And what's even better is i kind of knew when we did our first event and you know I had this wonderful teenager helping me and her friends i knew that the seniors would like it once they met with the teens i, I knew they would at least think it was fun even yeah. if they weren't helped but they absolutely were helped and i didn't realize how much the teenagers would love it oh, yeah. i got an email a while back from this wonderful teenager of ours named alicia who had been trying to get a job at target for years and she's now a college student and said, Trish, I just had to write you this because Target actually called me for an interview and I got the job. And I believe it was because of teen years being on my resume. They had heard of it, they asked about it, everyone knows about it. They were blown away and I really believe that that's why they gave me a shot this time because I've applied with them for years. And and she was just like, I just want to say thank you. It was so meaningful to me. The fact that almost every kid who comes to us, it's their very first time creating a resume that is so meaningful to me. I love like mentoring these kids, especially um, because a lot of us come from similar backgrounds, you know. And that background being not one where you know that you have to create a resume. Yeah. And it's just been it's been really amazing.
0: So I and I saw it a lot when my dad had to help my grandfather. He get very frustrated. It's time out of his day that he doesn't want to have to take yes. to explain something, giving that respect to the older person is
1: huge, huge in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, you heard me say earlier that I love bringing together people from two different worlds. I love doing that. Part of the thing is seniors and teens aren't from two different worlds, but they think they are. You know, see, a lot of seniors don't think they could relate to teens necessarily, or they think that teens think they're a stupid old person. A lot of teens are underestimated and marginalized, mm-hmm. which is why I think they love seniors. They go from being completely underestimated to the most valued person in the room. It turns out these teens want that socialization just as much as the seniors do. Mm -hmm. They find it way more fun to help somebody in person than to help someone over the phone or to do online help. Like you said, with us teaching our older relatives or even younger relatives, whomever, how to do something, Maybe we can do it. Maybe if we're particularly (laughs) skilled as a tutor, but I, I've never found it particularly fun to try to teach my mom. This is how you recover your password. If you lost it, this is what happened just there with your document. Mm -hmm. And I know my brothers don't, we just do it because we love her and she's our mom, but I guarantee you, she was far more happy having Taylor or Jonathan help her with her Smartphone than she was with us. And it's happened in my life too. Even when like an old boyfriend was teaching me how to snowboard, I wanted to shoot him. I wanted to throw him off the mountain. I was like, I can't do it. I was freaking out. And so even the kids will tell us, gosh, it's so funny. I don't really love teaching my grandpa. My grandpa, I've shown you this six times, but I don't mind teaching strangers at all. I loved helping Mary. I loved helping. So I don't know what it is about that, but you know, helping strangers for some, some of us is so much easier. It's, It's better. Yeah. yeah. And so for that reason, like you said, with your dad, a lot of our clients have been adults who say, gosh, I would love for you to hire, but I don't want to be the one that tells them that they should hire you instead of me. So it ends up being that they suggest them going to a senior event and the Senior says, okay, now I'm sold. And then they call us for a coaching session. I get
0: you. Okay. So I know you used Startup Weekend, right? That's where this whole thing got inspired. Right. What other resources have you used in Albuquerque to move your business forward? Oh, several. Definitely people here,
1: people, places, and news outlets. So some of the people I've met through the startup scene here, I've met some of the people through ABQID. Kat Garden Schwartz is one who comes to mind. She's no longer with ABQID, she's with Sandia, but she is an amazing person. And and just several people that I've met through there. There's also been people who have nothing to do with the startup scene and are very successful, but they have nothing to do with the scene here and they don't want anything to do with it. I have been blessed to make some of those people, you know, they've been advisors, mentors, and now friends.
0: So for these people who aren't on the startup scene are they just people that you've met through other people? Like-
1: yeah, like, for example, my partner introduced me to a coder who who works for one of the unicorn companies that was listed in the top 10 as coming out of, you know, in the New York Times. But he, you know, he's not a fan of the startup scene here. He wants nothing to do with it. He, I think he actually, well, he said he hates startups. Yeah. He hates the culture. He's, there's a lot about it that he doesn't like. Okay. And so, so he would be an example. Another example would be um, a person who's now become a mentor, Who's just not a fan of the startup scene because he believes there's there's a lot of hype to it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, look at all these great things we're doing, but are they really doing great things? Tell me in two years. Like yeah. I think he sees it as a lot of pizzazz and is wondering if the commitment is there for everybody mm-hmm. on these new businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, so I understand their points of view, and and I just I take it for what it is. Like everybody has their different opinions. I have found there is no way I would have been able to. We take teen years this far without the people that I've met in Mm -hmm. Albuquerque through the startup scene and the ones that I just mentioned who weren't in the startup scene. So people for sure, places like Fat Pipe have really helped me. Stu and Lisa clearly care more about helping new businesses than they do making money in this co-working space. And local journalists, news outlets like the ABQ Journal, ABQ Biz First, KUNM Kids have been awesome in bringing attention to teen years.
0: Can you tell me, do you feel there's anything in Albuquerque that we're lacking that we need here?
1: Yes. I would be lying if I didn't say that there are two things I think we <laughs> could desperately use here. Number one, remedial workshops for the uninitiated, and I'll explain what I mean. Okay. Number two, startup therapists, and I kid you not, Like I really think <laughs> there need to be counselors um, or other kind of mentors that specifically work with teams, the ups and downs you go through on a startup, the, the team frustrations, kind of like you do with marriage counseling, because don't kid yourself, finding a co-founder, the likelihood of that being a great, dynamic, powerful, successful relationship is the same odds, I think, of uh, having a successful marriage. Mm. And so it's really important. I say remedial workshops because... And I mean, before you apply to an accelerator, not everyone grows up thinking they can be an entrepreneur. There are so many entrepreneurs in New Mexico that don't call themselves entrepreneurs. So there's people from all walks of life who are creating their own thing, whether that's a startup, that they want to take multinational, whether that's a small business, whatever. Um, What does it really take to start a business and help it succeed? I'm amazed by how much harder we push fundraising, then we do hard work. It's just teamwork, building a team, maintaining your team. That's the number one reason companies fail. Mm -hmm. Um, Learning about your financials, learning if this is something that can be profitable, understanding basic accounting, legal costs of creating a startup. All of this is stuff that we don't want to think about at the start with our great idea Mm -hmm. and our fun, you know, whatever. So... I've had a long working background, so I don't ignore this kind of stuff. And I think for that reason, a lot of people probably know that I, I underpromise for sure. I try to underpromise and over deliver. And I don't even think that's always a good strategy because then you don't generate a lot of excitement that way. <laughs> but I do that because I'm well aware, even though I had never done a startup before, I was well aware of like the commitment I was signing up for. The fact that I would have to leave my job, the fact that this could take time away from my daughter... And so I wasn't going into it blindly, like, mm-hmm. because I, I really do feel like there are some people who just geek out on startups and they want to be a part of something new and something that's being built from the ground up. And I love that. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Yeah. But the commitment that it takes to follow through the, um, the work that it takes to work things out with your teammates, if you have any, but even if you don't, you're going to be working with someone, whether your clients or customers, uh, your investors, it's just, there's so much more that could be done. And, and so I think starting out with what do you want to know if you're even thinking about creating a new business, forget startups, because in my mind, startups, that gives me the impression that the person wants to take it national or global. Some people just want to start a business and no matter what you want to do, if you want to create something new, nonprofit or for profit, I just think it's important to know what you're getting into. And that's what I'm talking about when I say remedial workshops okay. for people. For it the makes uninitiated sense.
0: It makes sense because some people don't realize what they're getting into and what it requires. I kind of agree with those people you said that sort of the startup scene is kind of flashy. Personally, I'm curious two years from now I wanna take a look at all these startups that I'm interviewing yeah. and see where they're where they're at. Absolutely. Right? Were there any missteps that you felt that you made?
1: Yeah. There was there's two missteps that I could think of off the top of my head. One, that team element. First of all, I saw the team thing not work out for many people, you know, co-founders or people that you brought onto your team, even if they weren't co-founders. It was really hard for me because I knew I needed help in the beginning. But because I wasn't familiar with the startup industry, I didn't know who the like the reliable people who did what they said they were going to do versus the people who don't. And so I was willing to bring on anyone who said they'd work. And that was a mistake. (laughs) It was a misstep for sure. I've met some amazing people and it wasn't that they weren't well-intentioned, it's that I don't think everyone understands the commitment that a startup brings. Second, I was initially more prepared for failure than I was for success. Because teen years was a random idea that I had pitched at a startup weekend, I never planned on doing anything with it. So there are some things I can speak very intelligently about. A year ago, startups were not one of them. Even when we won first place, like I said, I had no intention of quitting my job and pursuing teenagers full-time, not only because this wasn't in the cards as something I had planned to do in my life, but also because I had a job, because I had a daughter. So the only reason I ended up pursuing it is because we were invited to pitch the 80id Accelerator. And if we were selected, we'd get that $20,000 investment. I thought to myself, you know, if this could go anywhere, I not only need that investment, but I absolutely need the mentoring and training that would come along with creating a new business from scratch, mm. and that made um considering teenures as full time pursuit possible mm. so I'm pursuing it now I, I certainly don't know if it will be around in the air, but I'd rather give it my all and see yeah. what I can do with it than than not have ever tried
0: okay. So you are, you did quit your job?
1: Yes. By the third month of the accelerator, I was like, I want to shoot myself. I cannot continue consulting for the New Mexico film office at the time, uh, New Mexico film industry, and doing an accelerator and having my little toddler. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was, it was unbelievably stressful. And, and I felt like I was doing about 50, 60% well in all of those areas. So I quit. My boss was awesome and said, well, how about we just keep you on contracts and then you don't, you know, teen years doesn't work out. You just come back to us. And I was yeah. like, well, that would be awesome. Thank you. That was a nice little cushion for me. Yeah. But then by the time December rolled around, I was like, I can't even, I, let's just, we, we, we talked and it was kind of like, let's just end the contract because I am going to try and pursue teen years for at least the first half of 2016 without any other distractions and see if it can go anywhere i'm not sure that teen years can be profitable enough to pay the bills Mm -hmm. but i'm going to see if it can uh we're finishing up the the first version of a very long and detailed and well-researched business plan Mm -hmm. and so we'll see what we come up with
0: okay has the business had any pivots like your original idea is that the same idea you're using now
1: That's a good question. We haven't really pivoted other than it was just a slightly different expectation. I really thought the main customer would be the adult child saying, I totally need this for my parents. So I guess that is kind of a pivot, but we hadn't really started yet. So it wasn't too much of a pivot when, you know, month two, it was like, oh no, now serving some seniors, we found out seniors are saying, why would I use you when I have my daughter, Sonia? But Sonia is saying, gosh, I really wish my mom would use you. But like I said, Sonia is also saying, but I don't want to be the one to tell her she should use you instead of yeah. me. That would be mean. So, so I thought parents or uh, adult children, excuse me, would be the people who would be buying the teen year sessions. It turned out that senior centers were a big draw at first. And then, like I said, after seniors experience a session with seniors because it's all one-on-one, even if we do an event at a senior center, mm-hmm. then they say, gosh, I really loved Joe. Do you think that, um, I'm, you know, I'm getting a new iPad next month. Do you think I could hire him and we'll meet up at the library by my house so he could teach me all the fundamentals. So that ended up being how it works. So okay. private, so the seniors and the senior just not so much the adult children. Gotcha.
0: Okay, because they don't want to be the bad guys. That makes yeah,
1: sense. yeah. Once makes we sense. started surveying people, we surveyed seniors, we surveyed teens to see if they'd be interested in this work, and we surveyed adult children. And that's that's something I discovered. I, I was amazed by how much seniors were saying, "Why would I use you when I have my kid?" And how yeah. many kids were saying, "Yes, I would love you to get them on board." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why there's been a lot of tricky things to seniors. I mean, to <laughs> teenagers that I, you know, didn't anticipate. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So, what do you feel is the best decision you've made? pursuing teen years, even if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. I have learned so much I've met some really amazing people, really creative people and and just people that I've learned a lot from you know I was in I've been in the film industry for 13 years and, and there's a lot that I know about that industry there was nothing I knew about small business or entrepreneurship or startup as an industry kind of and I've learned a ton hmm. It's been a really great learning experience
0: cool. okay And what can our listeners do for you? That's a great question. Thank you for asking.
1: (laughs) It would be great to. It's always great to have more clients and get the word out to more seniors. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, when we started this, I felt like we've got. Well, I didn't feel like it it was the case. (laughs) I had somebody quit at the last minute, and and it required me to have to find 22 seniors within a week, and eight of them the very next day. So they quit at a really
0: critical times you had to find 22
1: teams exactly okay so, yeah so or or you know we hire millennials too, like UNM students okay. so I had to find 22 of them very very quickly so I did a Facebook post and I was amazed I got like 105 applicants teenagers and college students from that one Facebook post from parents seeing it teachers seeing it them spreading it to their students stuff like that and that was just one Facebook post on my own page so that was really cool. But then I had this huge influx of teens who I had to interview. And so I was doing that every Sunday, like seven interviews in a row to catch up. Yeah. And then I didn't get to keep working on selling senior centers. Because again, when you're doing a startup, you're doing everything yourself, unless you have a team, which I didn't. So, yeah. so I had to go out and sell the senior centers on this. That so that caused um, just, just sort of this rift where I had the boat was weighed down on the teen side and now I need to get back to selling. So... I'm sorry, I can't remember what the question was.
0: Uh, well, we were just talking about what we could do. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. You can
1: that if you want. <laughs> so what, what would be really helpful is to have anyone who's listening who knows a senior or any age person who needs help with their advice, you know, give us a call. Check out our website, com. Our phone number is 600-1297. Um, certainly, we welcome new teams to apply all the time because it's this continuous rolling roster of when they're available, when they have sports after school, stuff like that. But we can accommodate people on many time frames because we can work Sundays because that's when a lot of kids are free. You know, we can work evenings if we need to, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So more clients, more senior centers, especially knowing about us, that would be awesome. Okay. All
0: right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sonia. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you have questions for this particular startup, let me know what they are and I'll get them answered on my blog at SoniaDoing.com.